Hello and welcome back to the Wheel Talk podcast. We are back after Matt and I had a pretty awesome week full jam-packed with podcasting. So we took a week off, but we're back now to preview the women's road race at the World Championships coming up on Sunday. Pretty exciting. Matt Matt is yep. here. That was a terrible, Hi, yes, I'm, that was a I'm terrible here. intro. I no, joined, no. I've like took a week off and now I forgot how to podcast. My name is Abby <laughs> McKee. <laughs> I am joined by Matt Deneve. Hi. Good to see you over the internet rather than in person, I think. I think <laughs> podcasting in person is better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a subtle dig. And yeah. joining us again, we've got Lauren Rowney. Lauren, it's so good to see you again. I'm really happy to be here. I'm super, I was going to say stoked, but that was just, I don't know, excited <laughs> because I just watched the Junior 19 Women's um, TT and the Aussie took gold. She won. Felicity Wilson Huffenden is the new world champion. And um, I had a bit of an inkling that she was going to take out the title because they were very confident a couple of weeks ago when I, I saw the Aussies here in Bruges. Um, and her coach as well said that she was going well and it was a course that suited her. So that's really, really exciting. I think it's been about almost 10 years maybe since the last junior women took the world championship jersey. So That's really cool. Well, then a great time to have Matilda Reynolds back on the podcast. <laughs> G'day. Hello, everyone. Good morning. Good evening, wherever you may be. Thanks for listening. We're very Aussie heavy today. <laughs> yes. We're going to... Yeah. I can't break down the Aussie stat, like how they're going to win, how we're going to do it. So, yeah, I'm excited. This podcast Ooh. has slowly been taken over by, by Aussies. I mean, I guess... I we can wear, like, a different hat if you want. Yeah, you could be South African today. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So we're half and half. The Commonwealth. <laughs> the Commonwealth. <laughs> um, I feel like you're a, you're an honorary Belgie at this point, aren't you, Lauren? That's true. Oh, I'm everything, mate, really. I mean, I've got the Dutch passport as well. I, yeah, I'm everything. Before we dive into today's episode, this episode is brought to you by the members of the Escape Collective. We wouldn't be what we are today without our members, and we would love it if you would consider signing up. US dollars per month. That's about $7, the price of a coffee. And if you sign up for a year-long membership, it's 30% off. To become a member of the Escape Collective, get access to all of the great content we have on our site. Thanks so much to everyone who's already signed up and supported our vision. Head on over to escapecollective.com slash join to join the Escape Collective. That's escapecollective.com slash join. Let's talk about... The women's road race that has a little bit of everything in it. So let's just do a quick course preview. If you want a little bit more in-depth preview of the race, Kit Nicholson wrote a incredible preview on the site. It is um, an in-the-know preview of the routes, and I would highly recommend that you check that out. So the women's race starts in Loch Lomond, and there's 60 kilometers before they enter the Glasgow circuits. If you saw the men's race, then you saw that these circuits are amazing it's basically a 13 kilometer long kermesse or criterium depending on where in the world you are it pitches and rolls the entire 13k through the city and there's countless corners there's a couple really steep hills the biggest of which being montrose street which is just before the finish but there's a couple other really steep ones so it's never flat it's never straight there is It is really hard to control this circuit. It's going to be really hard for teams with a lot of numbers to use those numbers on this circuit because 
there's a lot going on at all times. And I think in the men's race, we saw a couple riders go off the front and get brought back, but it was such a strong group in the men's race contending the win that it wasn't like there was work being done to bring riders back. It was more that the riders who won the race were riding faster than everyone else in the race. So I think that we can take a lot out of what happened in the men's race on those circuits and kind of apply some of it to the women's race. So yeah, the circuit is awesome. I ran it on Sunday and it was, it was so much fun. It was like, just, it was just constantly moving and there's parts that are in the city center on cobbles. So that'll be really fun if it starts to rain, but there's also parts that are like in the, in the park. And so it's like really green. You kind of forget that you're in a city. So a lot going on with the circuits. Where do we start? The teams? I don't know. <laughs> we continue to talk about the the course i don't know do you guys have any thoughts on the course oh. i know there was a lot of debate on whether or not it was it's worthy of being a world championship course Whoop. yeah so certain belgian that's become quite vocal on twitter has been uh making some comments i don't know i mean you know how we feel about a good circuit race abby we we, we love it and that's why we love worlds um I honestly don't have an issue with it. The men's race looked brutal. So did the junior 19s race that I watched. Um, yeah, it's going to be a race of attrition, which generally speaking, that's what Worlds is. But, you know, one of the, the keys to this race is, I think it's been a bit of a talk, is like that sort of cyclocross type rider. And it's going to be very much, I think the, the strength of the team might play into the lead in to the the circuits, um, kind of what we saw with the men's race. And then it was just sort of from lap one with the men's race, just game on. And then it was strung out from there on and was just basically if you were positioned well, you had good legs on the day and you, you had that ability to do the on-off, on-off, on-off and save energy wherever you can um, through the little technical bits. Uh, was basically how it sort of panned out there. So it, it's made me think about um, the importance of teams and, like, usually we, we talk about how strong the Italians are, how strong the Dutch are. Um, generally speaking, the Australians have a good team too. Um, the French, I think uh, Denmark is actually going to have a good team. Um, but I'm curious what your thoughts are once we get to the circuits. Um mm -hmm how much of a difference that's going to have on the race. Like the Dutchies, of course, have a, a phenomenal team again. But I don't know. I don't see Anna Meek doing so well on this circuit, to be honest. And I think if they're going to use her, use her straight away almost. I feel like the thing about, <laughs> the thing about this circuit is that it's easier to rule out riders. It's easy to rule out riders for this race. Like, I have no doubt in my mind that Anamik is still going to try and attack on that the only climb in the 60k lead up to the circuits. But once they get into the circuits, it's so fast that it would be really hard for her to hold a gap in that. It'd be really hard for anyone who would try to go in that for a 60k to hold any kind of gap in the circuits because once they get to the circuits, it's basically like last woman standing like it's it's every every woman for themselves it's so fast and technical and hard and i think that that will make it so that there's 
there's a lot of riders on the start line who in a normal world championship, like I think we would say, okay, they have a shot, but I feel like because the circuits are so challenging and so unpredictable yet predictable that it's, it's kind of like, there's like four people that could win this race and I don't see it being a surprise winner, honestly. I don't know. Matt, what do you think? Yeah, I was just going to touch on something Lauren said and you touched on as well, Abby, about the technical nature of the circuit. Um, the other day I caught up with Matt Dinham, uh, Australian rider who finished seventh in the men's race uh, from the early break, actually. And he was he was saying that the being a technically strong rider like he is as a mountain biker was a massive advantage on that course because you can save energy through the corners um and w- when you've got a course that allows you to do those kind of punchy that requires you to do those short punchy efforts anywhere you can save energy is a really good thing so i think particularly if it's raining um we're going to really see the riders with the, the good bike handling skills come to the fore uh, i think that'll be a, a big factor and i just wanted to touch on the weather as well quickly according to the bbc uh the forecast is for quote thundery showers end oh. quote <laughs> So that could be interesting and, and again, tips it further in the favour of the riders who can handle their bike well. So for mountain bikers, cyclocross riders, that kind of thing. You know, the reason why this is a world's course is because what I love about it is that it rewards really good skills, which we don't often see um, a lot in, you know, races, um, particularly in the world champs. And so, and, you know, we, we saw that and, I think what is so important once you get to the circuit, the only I am like you, Lauren, curious how the teams play it because there's the thing. The only thing I can think of is if you can get three, four, potentially five with the Dutch on the front, then say the likes of Lotta Kopecky or um, some of the other you know threats are going to be further back. And the further back you are um, in this race, the harder it is. So we saw that. I don't want to take like oh, it's going to play out exactly like the men's race because I think women's racing can get into trouble there and it plays out completely differently. But every race we've seen has been won by a solo rider. But the biggest thing we've seen as well is just how many splits start happening. So it only takes that one rider in front of you, terrible at cornering, they lose 50 metres, you've got to attack to get back on. And so the further back you are on this course, the harder it is. And, you know, and, and we've all done those camises where you can't believe when you get to the front how easy it is when you've been sitting even just like 15th wheel, just like dagging the entire time, um, chewing your stem, can't believe how hard it is. When actually up the front, they're freewheeling. And so I think the skill set, um, and, and like you said, Abby, like for me that actually moves quite a lot of riders who I think don't have that. Um, and also how I think we you know, I don't see a bunch at the end. So, and because of that, because it's so much easier to do this course solo at times because of you can pick your own lines, you can take the corner, particularly if it's wet. Um, so that's what I'm, it's certainly a race of two halves and, um, you know, there's certainly the, the lead in and then it's, and then it's the circuits and how the different teams try to use their numbers and, and that early break or, how all that plays out is it's just going to be it's such an exciting race i think it'll be interesting to see like we've seen so much group two syndrome all year long i think it'll be interesting to see if that plays into the early part of the race actually having a bigger role in the race than we would expect normally like if there is a group the men had i mean it's completely different but they got like nine minutes at one point that that early Mm -hmm. breakaway 
and the women's peloton has been so weird about about that kind of stuff this year i it's hard to tell whether or not there's going to be the dutch are going to control it so much in that beginning part that no one's going to be able to get away or they're going to do what they've been doing a lot lately and just kind of put their hands up and be like "Mm, not our thing and there will be a break that gets an early lead and maybe the the riders in that early break aren't the ones who win in the end but I wouldn't be surprised at all if we see somebody sneak into the maybe top five that was part of an early yeah, like, like Matt Denham from Australia. Yeah, exactly. I think the only guy to survive the break, is that right, Matt? Yeah, and yeah, I was thinking right. this as well, uh, going back to, to how we've seen women race early part of these longer, harder races is everyone wants to be in the break. And I think with this race as well, a lot of people are going to know once they hit the circuits and do one or two circuits, it's going to be, the race will be done for a lot of people. So there might be this situation where, you know, you've got a few countries trying to get into the break and then a few more want to, and it's just like this constant flow of riders trying to get across, which then actually brings a whole peloton back. And 60 kilometres isn't that long when you think about it before entering because Again, don't want to go back to what happened in the men's race, but I think there were some really key points to it as well as the Mm. junior 19 men's race, um, was how fast it was with 20, 30 kilometres to go before they even entered. People were nervous. How interesting is it that the men's race happened a week before, so we actually have this gauge for how the race might Mm -hmm. go? Like, It's interesting because talking to a couple other people well-versed in women's cycling, like they seem to think that... The women won't race the circuits as hard as the men. And I think that there is a an element of weather that might make that true. Like the race might not be as as fast if it's super wet because people might be cautious, but it's still like the world championships. And I feel like there's so many women who do have a shot at this, even if it's an outside shot, that it's gonna be such a fast race. Like I think it's it's hard to predict, even if we all agree that one rider kind of stands above the rest in terms of whether like who's going to be winning this thing at the end but yeah i think that the i just find it so fascinating that we can be like okay well in the men's race like this happened because we we don't usually get to do that but that's my only negative on this course abby is that unfortunately if you have the slightest issue you're out so if you if you crash if you have a mechanical if you have a flat um, you know, it is highly unlikely um, that you're going to be able to get back in into the race. Yeah, it's exactly. like racing. It's yeah, like one one mistake and you get a lap out. Or yeah, I felt like they should have been getting a lap out. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> just a nice like 15 kilometer long break. <laughs> All right, I think we should talk about contenders um, because when it comes to contenders, there's some really interesting ones. And of course, like where better to start than with with the Dutch team? I think that it's really interesting to look at their their team in terms of in years past, they've always had the strongest team in the race. And I think that still applies today. But the difference for me in this Dutch team than any Dutch team that's happened that we've seen in the last couple years is that there's two easy favorites for who will be the leaders of the team. Those two favorites, if Anna Vanderbregen is their DS, then she's going (laughs) to lean heavily on those two favorites because they're also on the trade team that she runs. So, like, I think 
Lorena Wiebes and Demi Vollering, they're easily the Dutch riders at on the top for me for this race, no matter how the race goes. I feel like it's more for Vollering because of how challenging it is and how well she's riding. But I think like for Lorena, if it comes down to any kind of small group, like she proved at the tour, she's climbing super well. So I think she could still take this. I've, I still feel like Vollering is their go-to. But I think compared to previous years, there's not going to be that like, okay, so we also have Anamik, we also have Voss, we also have like Sharon Van Anroy. It's not really the same because Voss wasn't riding well at the Jira or at the Tour. So I don't think that they're going to give her any kind of leadership in, in this team. And same with Anamik. I don't think that she's going to have like a leg to stand on to be like, okay, I, I want to go for it because I, I think that Volering is just so much stronger right now. Yeah, unless they send Anamik up the road as soon as they hit the circuits or something, if mm -hmm. she isn't already up the road from the Crow Road climb. But yeah, maybe she goes early and then that reduces the pressure on Netherlands to chase and then they can just do their thing once she's brought back, if she's brought back. Um, I just want to quickly raise something on Voss. Um, I know she's you know not in the best form of her career or whatever, but I was just looking at her stats at Worlds. Um, the other day, and I think they're worth sharing. She's had 15 starts at the World Championships. Of those 15 starts, she's been in the top 10 12 times with <laughs> three wins. Just incredible. Anyway, I thought that was interesting. Well, I think she's – that's a great point, Matt. She is a, a rider who can deliver on the day, um, and maybe she will be there up in the mix in the top 10. But, yeah, going back to what you said, Abby, I don't see them – yeah, for maybe one of the first years, actually putting her as one of the favourites um, to watch out for. But, again, she is very technical as a rider. She's smart. Mm -hmm. She knows where to put herself. So I think she will be there. It's just going to be a case of what, what we've seen in the other races is do you have that pop towards the end? And once that group is completely whittled down, it's just going to be who can go and who can't and like we've seen with the, the solo winners, um, it's they're going with, I think, two laps to go, generally speaking, and holding it. I don't want to jump around too much, but I, I had the thought that if we do see that that hesitation that we have seen in some other races, you could have a rider like Rusa, for example, who just gets the gap and then basically time trials or her way around the course. I mean, I think that's a great kind of segue because obviously – the Dutch are the favorites, but then the other two of the other, I would say, top favorites for the race are other SC Works riders in Marlon Rooster and obviously the rider who's going to win on Sunday, Lotta Kopecky. We'll get to it. Do we think, let's just talk about Kopecky and her but lineup. Wait, wait, I want to talk about Rooster really quick because okay. I was thinking about this, Lauren. I was thinking about, okay, like, can Rooster, like, actually win this race and i think that she's been amazing this year no doubt and she's incredibly strong but i think a lot of her victories are because volering is her teammate and so she's able to slip up the road so i think it's going to be a little bit harder for her racing against volering and against the dutch like i don't see her getting much getting much space in between her and the peloton because she doesn't have that explosive kick and it, and people aren't going to let her up the road on these circuits so while i do think that she has a chance of winning i still think that it's an outside chance because it's going to take someone with a little bit more explosive pop to be able to win but i think like 
in in that sense, I feel like it is impossible to look past Kapeki to win this race, especially if it's wet. She's so good technically, and she's clearly not feeling any fatigue from the tour. She just won two races on the track, which it's a little different because they're shorter. But I still think that she is just riding the form of her life right now. And there is no, I don't know how anyone is going to beat her. And what she has over Vollering is that there is no question who the Belgian Belgian team is riding for. Like they are 100% yeah. all in for Kapeki. And I don't think exactly. there's going to be any hesitation. Whereas like in the Dutch team, you never know what they're going to do. They are like so silly when it comes to tactics. <laughs> yeah, with and, and a lot of people have been like a lot of dialogue that, you know, Kapeki doesn't have the team. How is she going to do it? But as it's like the best thing about Kapeki's team is that they're all in. They're all in for Kapeki. So it makes it really simple, uh, which is, you know, is really the case sort of thing in these world champs and national teams. But it, when I'm looking at Kapeki's team, it's full of riders who have been racing Camisas all this year or, you know, have been in Belgium and doing all these 1.1, 1.2 uh, races, which is going to, you know, set them up so well, I think, for um, this course. And then also I just love that, you know, we were questioning Kapeki doing these junior races junior men's races coming into the Tour de France that will be one of the best preps for um for this circuit but I I do just keep coming back to who has the skill set because power will only get you so far on this course because if you are too far back we saw just how and maybe you can talk you know how it was for Tom's but they were so cooked and that just is so much like not everyone can be in the top five. And so, you know, that rider that may be sitting 10th or 12th or even 7th, every corner, if then they can't, they are going to lose the wheel. And every corner it's, you know, you're putting down a, a 400 watt sprint to get back on whilst the rider up ahead, you know, it could be 50, 60, even 100 watts less. I think interestingly, like there is a lot to say about how the circuits will negate the need for a strong team behind you mm -hmm. we also saw that the danish team all in for mess like that really helped him in the end so yeah. i think it's i think it's going to be interesting in terms of like if the dutch try to like play the numbers game i think that that will actually be not as beneficial as just kind of making sure that kapeki has an as easy a ride as she possibly can for as long as they can do that and their team is still so strong. Like they've got Julie DeVilda on there. They've got Senna Kant. Like it's, I think they're going to be a lot stronger than people give them credit for. Jumping onto the Italians and maybe, I know we've brought this up before, but after I finish this point, Lauren, uh, Abby, remind me why the Italian team seems to take up half the start list. I can never remember why uh, they've got like ranking. 15 riders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Italy and the Netherlands have eight each and it's uh, it's got to do with world tour ranking, whether you have the current world champion and European champion, I think you can get a spot just like the Aussies can take the Oceania champion and have an extra rider. So sometimes uh, in the past that's really worked well and um, back in the AIS days um, or the Orica AIS days, they would keep a few Orica riders back just to win that title to ensure if they got selected um, that they had that extra rider. So, yeah, there are the, the Dutchies and the Italians do have eight riders, which is a huge advantage. And if going back to that point about what Denmark did, I mean, the Dutchies have 
the horsepower to do that and make it very selective from the get-go. Yeah, yeah. No, just jumping onto the Italian team, like they have the numbers and it's actually like some standout names in Soraya Paladin, um, obviously Silvia Persico. Um, Consoni is one of the best 1.1, 1.2 riders in Belgium, um, knows how to get around a course. But, and obviously, uh, unfortunately, Sabelle Salmo won't be taking the start list. Um and and more like you could almost list that whole whole team, but I think um, I I am picking Sylvia Persico to make the podium. Obviously, you know she's a favourite of this pod and um, cost me a lot of uh, fantasy points at the Tour de France and did not come through. <laughs> so she was a very bad bet. But I think what we've got to not forget is in the Tour de France, fam, Avex Swift is that. Uh, it was only eight days, and if if we talk about the men's racing again, like there were so many riders who had terrible legs for the first week, even the second week, but came good by the third week, and it was just such an unforgiving Grand Tour because if you weren't if you weren't right just for those you know first five stages, you were out. You know you never got your opportunity to find your legs, a little bit of stomach sickness, whatever it was. So. I think there's only so much we can take from the form that we saw at the Tour de France Femme. Um, and I think, I don't know if you guys saw this during the week, but obviously Persico has amazing skills. She comes from a cyclocross ba- background. And then during the team time trial relay, I saw her doing a one-legged, taking a corner, two corners, one-legged, while she tried to bang her. Kick her, kick her derailleur. Like, Kick her DI2 back into life. So, like, she's definitely got the skill set and I think the determination um, and the Italians, there's probably no other prouder country at time to put on that blue jersey and, um, you know, fight fight for that world champs. I think that the Italians are really interesting because without Elisa Longa Borghini, Mm. I feel that they lack a lot of experience. Um, It's a very, like, young team otherwise. I, I think... Yeah, like, no one loves the Italian team more than I do. And looking at their team the last couple of years, they've definitely, they're, they're, the Italian nation is rivaling the Dutch in terms of depth and results. But I don't, I agree that I could see Persico on the podium. I do not see her on the top step. No, really no, good point, Abby, because let, let's remember, and for the listeners who who don't know this or often forget the World Championships is a really special race for a number of reasons, but one of the big reasons is there are no race radios, um, which means you need a really good team captain. Um, Having been at the Worlds myself on both sides of the fence, getting communication across to the riders so they know what's happening in the race is so important. And I think on this circuit it looked insane last Sunday. I don't know where the vantage points were for the people on the course to try and get messages across to the riders. But if we look what happened with Vanderpool and, you know, an interview with Van Art afterwards, they didn't know he crashed. And some people were like, I still think he would have won, but would they have given up as quickly as they did if they had known that he'd lost some time actually? So communication, that there'll be barely any communication on this, on this course, which means that you have to be a really experienced rider and be reactive to what's happening immediately in that moment. It totally makes sense. And I think that is a very good segue into a team that I think 
is a really interesting outside bet to actually win this thing. And that's the mm. British team with Pfeiffer Georgie, because having Lizzie Dagnan as the captain on the road and the way that she's riding, like she was riding really well at the tour. And I don't like mm. spoiler alert. If you haven't read the preview on the site yet, <laughs> Gracie Elvin does pick Lizzie for the win, which is a bold decision. <laughs> but I feel like, Pfeiffer has the technical ability in the wet and the legs to be able to take this race. And I think having someone like Lizzie as her teammate for a race like this is going to make such a massive difference. So is Pfeiffer still um, eligible for under 23s? Because I believe she was second last year. Um, I think she it might be right on the just cusp. Just over the cusp. Which yeah, she's we, not... I completely forgot about that, that there's an under-23 yeah, all... medal up for grabs. Yeah. I mean, it's Shirin Van Anroy. We don't even really have to talk about it. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Shackley. <laughs> yeah, Blanca Vass as well. Oh, oh yeah. Good point. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. She's a good shot. She's a real good um, shot. Yeah. There are a couple other nations that I want to just, like, highlight before we kind of wrap this up. Before, before you do that... Um, I feel like we should all play a game during the women's road race. It's going to be a drinking game, and mm -hmm. it's going to be every time every time Kashi Numi Domo attacks, you've got to take a drink. <laughs> I just am so curious how you know she is also someone that we saw have like great skill, great descending skills. But I'm you know there are a lot of these top riders that I haven't seen in Belgium or the Netherlands or you know doing these types of courses recently which is why I'm I am really curious how Demi Vollering you know looks on a course like this but yeah I, I am excited I, I do feel like Cash is obviously going to bring like a lot of excitement to the race mm. um I just hope that someone gives her like a you you can only have three goes so use them wisely yes, yes. <laughs> you'll need to rein it in on this course because yeah she's She's just a rider who doesn't have a lot of fear, and we saw that on the mountain stage um, in the Tour de France, and that was just one of the most beautiful races to watch, particularly from her. Like, it almost felt like she won that race for me because, you know, she's just so brave out there, and I think in, on a course like this that's so unforgiving, it's one thing to be brave, but exactly what you said, Tills, is she's going to have to <laughs> reel it in a little bit um, and think where to use her bickies because she does, when she's bombing, she has that pop as well. Um, so it's going to be a case as well of being able to follow those just really hard, deep attacks that, you know, when Volerine or Kopecky or Lipid decide to have their crack at it, that she's able to go with it and she hasn't burnt too many bickies before. He has actually a really strong team as well. Like, she's got six people to help her. It's like... The, the the Polish team has one of the biggest teams that they've had at the Worlds before. So I think that'll be really interesting to see how that helps with Kasia. I feel like Lippert is another one we obviously have to talk about. Uh, Matt Matt wants to talk about it. Go for it, Matt. I do, yeah. I, I was hoping somebody would mention Lippert. I, I think that she is a real chance of being right up there. I think she was fourth last year on a 100%. course that was sort of similar. Um, if it's wet, it suits her as well. Her two biggest wins of her career came in wet conditions. Um, and she's also got a strong team around her. So Ricardo Bounfind, who won that great stage of the tour uh, and was third in the under-23s last year, uh, and Antonia Niedermeyer as well. So they might not win the race, but I think they've got some really exciting riders, and I'm sure we'll see them involved late into the race. 
And Casper is on, she should be on the list, right? And she is just, you saw her, shep, um, what's it called? Shepherding her riders around in the Tour de France. She was in like a lot of the major breakaways. She's actually in really good form and it's been amazing to see her, you know, um, switch teams and just, she reminds me of the rider she was 10, 10 years ago when she was racing with Lizzie Dignan um, on bowls. So I think she'll be a complete app asset to getting the riders to the the circuits and then perhaps getting them in position because she's fantastic in the bunch just like um christine mayoris similar sort of rider i think for me Capecchi is going to win but i if there is a winner outside of her and volering i think it could be um lippert i just i've got this feeling that she could potentially get away late but and obviously has a good sprint if it comes to that. But, yeah, I don't know. I've just got this feeling about the German team. They've, they've just got a lot going on. Yeah, I agree. That's my pick. I think, yeah, <laughs> no, Leanne Lippert's on the podium for me, for sure. And, yeah, again, it's it will be wet at some point. It's it's going to be wet uh, on on that course. So, yeah, I, I think definitely. And and the other thing is the only thing I just hope that doesn't happen is that the, the favourites don't back themselves out. So, you know, they're looking at one another too much everyone's looking at uh you know that they, they want to uh the, the teams want to back out weaves um or everyone's now going to be looking at Kapeki with both her form uh and uh and obviously how the the previous races have been played out but like Kapeki, like during the week I just love this when she she won the points race um I think it was in her interview you know she had Georgia Baker on her wheel and the two of them were away and she said in the interview that, you know, she was already thinking about the next day and started to back off her effort. Like that, who wins the world champs and is like already thinking about a measured effort on, you know, what needing to go a bit easier so she can save herself, um, you know, for the weekend. But I, I do hope she's, you know, refreshed and, and ready to go. But, yeah, if not, then I think Lippert's the next favourite. I think there's... There's a couple other nations we got to run through like really quick. Obviously, the Aussies have a really interesting team. I'm not, I don't. I'll just say yeah. one thing. Let Loretta Hansen free. Yeah. Free. <laughs> free Loretta. Do not, do not let, uh, if she's the number one d domestique, I'll be so disappointed. No, Her, great point, Tills. Yeah. yeah. Her ability yep. to go deep, deep in a race. Yep. Yep. Her skill set. The way she bosses people around in the peloton, like yeah. she won't give up a wheel. Um, and I feel like, you know, um, Sprady and Grace don't have this, like they've got great skill sets, but they're never near the front of the peloton ever in a race like this. Um, obviously, Ruby Rose McGannon has tested positive for COVID. I will be very shocked if she races. Um, mm -hmm. And she, if she does, she better pull off before the circuits. Um, obviously, Alex Manley, but again, that skill set, I actually think that um, uh, Loretta is one of their best chances, um, particularly if she can get in an early break and it lasts until the circuits. She, she has, could it's be like a about, Matt Kinnam. Yeah, it's all about the rider who can go deep into the race. Um, so, yeah, we just need to start this groundswell that Loretta, <laughs> let Loretta free. But, I was, uh, yeah, I was curious as to your thoughts on that, Lauren, because obviously you've been in no, there. No, yeah, I, I agree 100%. With you, when I was looking again at the start list today and thinking about it in the circuit and just how the year has gone in general for the Aussies, and even though she is just this absolute workhorse for Trek, uh, little she she's just 
a phenomenal rider and this is exactly the sort of course that will suit her. She's in great form. Um, Sarah Roy will also go good on a circuit like this and I think she could shepherd or at least stick around Loretta that they go deep into the race and then, you know, just let Loretta free and just let her have a crack at it. And, um, you know, last year would have seen Alex Manley. This would be a good course for her. Uh, and she's actually been going great on the track. So I think Alex is going to have good legs on Sunday. So I would say that if I was the, the DS, I'd be looking at uh, Loretta and Alex to go deep. Shout out to Brody Chapman too. Her technical skills could be very relevant if it gets wet. Mm. You know, coming from that mountain bike background and downhill as well. I think she did some downhill earlier in her career. Yes. So could be. She did break relevant. herself in two when she did do downhill, but yeah, she's not. <laughs> <laughs> That's a minor point. Don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now, so hey, how do the Americans do this? Like, I think um, you oh, know, God. Uh, obviously, <laughs> you've got. Um, I'll let you you run this. Um, but two that I do want to, I, is obviously Chloe Diet, but Skylar Schneider isn't a name necessarily that's super well known outside of America, but she is an incredible crit criterium rider. Very, very good skill set. My only concern for her is if she has the endurance uh, to go really deep um, into this race. But how do they win? Yeah, this is an interesting one because they've obviously got like Corinne would ride super well on this course too. I like I would love to see the team back Corinne on this because I think that she it's a great course for her like she is so good technically and she's so good at carrying speed and she hides super well in the peloton so she's super good at being where she needs to be and expending like little to no energy to be there but i think like i think the u.s they love chloe digart like the ds's are just going to go all in for chloe digart and well she is super strong and i foresee another world's title in her on the road in her future within hours. I do not think that she, yeah, I know hot take because obviously Rooster's going to win, but like, I no, no, she's sick. She's sick. Well, but I, it's a weird tweet. It's like, they've already like put out an excuse for her. Ah. They've said that she's been sick since she won her world championships huh. and has been trying to, re to get better. So know everyone that we're having this conversation whilst the women's um, time trial is about to begin. So we have no idea of, of what's um, happening in form, but I yeah. continue. But I, but she, does she does she have the skill set? No, see, see, that's the thing. That's the, the point. Yeah, is I think like she has the power, and if she were to get away, I think she would win because she she'd be able to carry that power. Like she'd be able to pick her own lines. But I don't think that she has the ability to ride in the peloton on a circuit this technical. I also don't think that she would be able to do it in the wet. Like, she sends it way too hard. She's not, she doesn't hold mm -hmm. back at all. And on a wet course in a downtown city circuit where there's cobbles, she would not hold it upright. So I think, like, as much as I do think Chloe is very strong and will win the world someday, I, I would be shocked if it was this race and i also think that that's to the detriment of the u.s because they will ride for her where i think they should ride for corinne it's also be a terrible wheel to be on 
because oh, yeah. she'll dag you off that bunch and then be able to accelerate you behind. Yeah, <laughs> Look, yeah. Like if I was Corinne and Skylar, I'd say I'm going to get her into position. And if the DS of the USA team, if Chloe's there, she's there. If she's not, you don't go back for her because if you go back, mm. there's no coming back. Yeah. And yeah. that's yeah. that's actually what we said last year at the Worlds in Australia to to Grace and Alex. You have to be there because no one's going back for you. Yeah. Um, because it's just too risky. I think the final nation that we have to mention is the uh, the Danes. Uh, they've been mentioned already, but I do think like the way that Emma Norsgaard rode at the tour and also Cecily Trip Ludwig, I don't see them winning this race, but I do think that they are a really interesting team to kind of keep in mind for a podium. Like I could, I could see Emma on the podium of this thing, and maybe that's biased, but like I do think that she's super strong and that. A course like this, especially with how she's been kind of changing it up, makes it kind of an interesting bet for her. Good chat. What about the French, just before we finish as well? Yeah, I look, I'm not excited about the French team. I feel like Mm. there's some really incredible names on their roster. Obviously, like, Juliette Leboos is riding incredibly well this year, but I just don't think that they have anyone on the team that this circuit would benefit. Yeah, and probably just another shout would be Ali Wollaston for New Zealand mm-hmm. for the under-23, that if she can go deep, I, I probably don't think she has just the way how brutal this course is, that she'll be there for the end. But I think we've we've sort of covered the under-23, but certainly worth worth mentioning. Yolin, her DS, has said that she thinks in Ali's future she's going to be a great Ardennes rider. That's what she thinks she's going to be good at. I love so, that. Yeah. All right. Well, any final thoughts, Matt? You've been quiet this episode. You tired? You tired, buddy? Um, I I am tired. In fact, <laughs> uh, Blanca Vass, watch out for her. I think um, one yeah, or two Hungarian shot. representatives, uh, and Elena Sierra as well. Cuba's sole representative. She always is just there. Uh, I don't think she's going to win the race, but I think she'll finish top 10 again if everything goes well. All right. Well, we'll be back next week to talk about how the race went out. And we still have to do like a big wrap-up pod for the Tour de France fam. But we're waiting for Gracie to recover from a month of talking. She needs to rest those vocal cords for a little. She's recovering well in Portugal. Yay! (laughs) All right. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back and enjoy watching this race. It's going to be, I think one of the best worlds we've seen ever.